Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast episode 442. I'm your host, John Van Derzen, and it's a lonely Valentine's Day for me. I don't have my partner in crime. You messaged earlier, Terry Miller, my all-time Valentine. Mm. My sweet Valentine. Anyway, I uh, messaged earlier today and said that he has had a rough travel. Um, he's dealing with some uh, some personal issues. Nothing you need to worry about. They're fine. He'll be, you know, just some stupid crap with bank accounts and all this other stuff that he's working on. Um, and traveling in general, he was on like three different flights in the last 19 hours and so he messaged me a little bit earlier today and said, going to have to tap out. Um, and he's got a 6 a.m. flight to Tucson. Then I reached out to another guest. And she was like, I would love to join. But it's Valentine's Day. And she has someone that loves her. <laughs> um, but she'll join us at another time. I won't spoil it right now. And then I had another guest uh, host that had lined up. And I was going to reach out to Dust. But you know what? It's Valentine's Day. We're going to let him... I think he's got a significant other. Fairly certain he does. Um, we're going to let uh, people be people. And we're going to do this one solo tonight. So happy Valentine's Day. I'm sorry if you're joining us live. That means you don't have a Valentine? Or your Valentine's is already over? It's like 9 o'clock here in Central Time? Maybe if you're an East Coaster. I don't know. I don't know. I know everyone's got to work tomorrow. It's not a real holiday. It's one of those Hallmark holidays. But uh, I'm here. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the disc golf world. We had some big, big, big news this week that we're going to get to uh, momentarily. So uh, Spock Heiser, or, yeah, Spock Heiser says we need some mood lighting. I could set some mood lighting. Give me a second here. Um, let's do this. wonder if I have it in here. So right now I've got these lights on top. Let's change them to 
wouldn't go like that. Is that, did you notice anything different there or not? I don't know if you could. I, 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 turn, I, I turned my internal lights pink here. But it's obviously going to be hard to tell. Here, watch this. Ooh. There we go. A little mood lighting. A little pink action here. That's not too bad, actually. It's a little dark, but... So, anyway, it's Valentine's Day. As I said, my wife, particularly, who's my Valentine, um, <laughs> had minor uh, outpatient surgery today uh, for something. She had some blockage up in her nasal passages. I'm sure she loves the fact that I'm telling everybody. Um, but So she's on some... On some drugs and laying on the couch right now, uh, just watching TV where she's been the last six hours, basically. Um, and so hopefully at this point, then it will everything will be uh, hunky dory with her and she'll get all that blockage cleared and a uh, deviated septum as well. Slightly, they said. I don't know. But she got it all taken care of today. What a better Valentine. What what better Valentine's Day than that? You know? So. You know, it's kind of a thing. But like I said, big news this week. Um, DGPT made some announcements. They talked about some uh, some new live stuff. We had Ganon Burr, probably the biggest announcement, announced that he's leaving Prodigy. There were some events going on this weekend. It just, I signed up for an event I, today. Today, I registered for an event. So... Go back to the lights. Woo. Right. Um, the dark was kind of nice, actually. Yeah, I signed up for an event in MA40. So the Standing Rocks open. We'll see how that goes. Sometime in April, late April or May, something like that. So races, we got to discuss the changes to the DGN media plan. Um, yeah, I think we will. Um, I don't know what changes, but there's definitely some discussions, um, some some updates. Let's We'll talk about that first, because that's kind of the... You know, if it's something that's in my wheelhouse, it's media stuff. So, first and foremost, the DGPT announced that they're going to be doing full coverage of all Silver Series events. So, the Silver... Uh, thank you, Brian Kilgore, for the Super Chat. $10 Super Chat. He's my Valentine. You're my current Valentine, Brian. Um, full coverage of the Silver Series. All three rounds will be behind the DGN network paywall. So you'll have to be a DGN subscriber in order to redeem that, in order to watch that. The other big note, obviously, on top of the European coverage that we're going to be getting, we knew about that. But the big, big, big change is that we're no longer getting final round coverage for free. It's not going to be on YouTube. It's going to be part of your paywall subscription. Instead, you're going to be getting day one so thursday will be free on youtube and not sunday now what does that mean um means just what i said but what does it mean for everybody out there ah uh, i mean the 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 kind of what what a lot of people were saying is that we don't you you don't get to freeload anymore so to speak so you don't get to watch the the best content immediately available for free, and that model make both models to me make sense. Free final day makes sense. 
paid final day makes sense to me as well. Um, it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Now, a lot of people say this could be a very big boon for Jomez. I'm sure they're they're loving this. Um, and you're right; it very well could be. If people if people aren't sold on the live product by now, they're probably not ever going to be. So they're probably going to be Jomez fans anyway. But it could drive some people that maybe were casual watchers. A lot of people really like the YouTube interface as opposed to the Vimeo interface that everybody gets. So I was one of those people. I watched on YouTube final day as opposed to DGN because it was easier to watch on my phone. I could Chromecast it. I could rewind, pause. I never had to worry about anything. Depending on how you're watching that Vimeo one, on what platform it can get a little squirrely i'm not gonna lie like i think on the phone i could rewind it but on my roku i couldn't something like that i forget unless i'm there sitting there trying to do it i I honestly don't remember but and i haven't been involved in any of the conversations as to why they made these changes that's not exactly my purview in in this organization you know i'm a contractor i work on the live broadcast, but not necessarily the decisions behind the live broadcast. What I think this is, personally, and again, I haven't spoken to anybody on this, partly, is that the final day is the most valuable day. So it was easier to sell against sponsors. You know, we could sell to Barbasol. Hey, look, we're going to get 40,000 people watching. But the one thing you can't do, you can't go really live on any other platform. So say, for instance, the plan, which I know it will be in the long run, is to get this on ESPN Plus, ESPN 2 if we're lucky. We're not getting live on ESPN proper anytime soon. You basically can't probably sell that to say, hey, we're going to go live on your platform, but we're also going to go live on YouTube. And so that makes selling your event that final day extremely difficult outside of our, your own ecosystem, outside of the DGN Disc Golf Network subscription. So I think that probably has a, a big thing to do with it. They're looking forward because at some point you have to, quote unquote, cut the cord. You have to be able to have that in your back pocket. So if something like this were to come up this year, if at the end of the year they say, hey, guess what? Maple Hill, we're going live to ESPN+. Plus. They're going to want some sort of mostly exclusive rights to that. Now, they probably don't care as much if it's behind your, if it's on ESPN+, Plus and it's behind your paywall, but if you, they're not going to have it if it's on YouTube. And that might not happen this year, but I think the Disc Golf Network is really looking to just get people in this habit. Guess what? We want access to this stuff when we want it. Because if halfway through the season, if things were the way they were, and suddenly they say, hey guys, guess what? We're going to put this out on ESPN2 or ESPN Plus or CBS Sports or CBS Interactive. Pick a streaming platform. I don't care. I just use ESPN because that's the one everybody knows. But there's a half dozen of them that it could go on. 
And then you suddenly tell people, yeah, but in order to do that, we need to not give it to you for free like we promised. Then they look like, you know, asshats. And people will get all up in arms like, oh, you're taking away for this. I don't even have this streaming platform. What? I'm not going to get a chance to watch now. Blah, 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 blah. It's easier to do it now as a blanket to tell everybody, hey, this is how it's going to be from here on out. The downside of that, obviously, is some of the sponsorship sales. Some of those final days, I mean, all the final days are the biggest day of the of the event, hands down. So I'm wondering if it maybe is a little bit tougher of a sell for a Barbasol, Johnsonville. Some of your other ones, when you say, yeah, you're getting 40000 concurrent plus... We'll say within, you know, two weeks, it was probably hitting 150,000 total views. And then you also probably got a spot on Jomez as a commercial, all that stuff. Well, now those numbers are going to look a lot smaller because your concurrent on DGN, I guarantee you, isn't going to be what it is on YouTube. If they have, you know, let's just say on the last I heard it was 40,000 subscribers. I think it dipped below that right now, but it, it does. It's off season. It's going to dip and it's going to come back up. I wouldn't be shocked if they're at 45 to 47 by Waco or wherever they're going to be. You know, if 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 they ended the year at 40, that's kind of my guess. I don't know. Again, I haven't looked at those. I could. I haven't looked at the numbers. It'd be, take too long for me to dig them up right now. But you're not going to get every one of those watchers. You're just not. You, you're, you are going to get a fraction of those. Some people... We'd just turn it on YouTube and put it on in the background and let it play. That's what I would do. Even in the summer, I would just turn it on and I'd go out and mow my lawn. I'd go out and do some running around. It would just be literally be playing in my house. So when I came back in, I could kind of sit down right away without having to like pull up YouTube or anything like that. You're not getting that anymore. So I wouldn't be shocked if, it were, you know, if this year you see a drastic dip in the number of live viewers. And I think they're ready for that. I hope they are at least. So. But we'll see. I mean, if if ultimately you see a big jump in the number of yearly, annual, or monthly subscribers. But you see a dip in the number of views. I mean, potato, potato? I guess it depends on what your, you know... Uh, the uh, most of the, I think the the sponsors that pay the Disc Golf Pro Tour pay at a yearly rate, just a yearly clip. Hey, you get, you know, whatever that number Sean Jack works with. It's here's ten thousand dollars, and you get the lower thirds for all season. I don't know what the number is, making that up, but just I've heard ten thousand dollars for some things, so I'm just going to use that for everything. I know there are some that pay way more, some that pay less. All depends on what you want to get. If you're interested in uh, advertising with the Pro Tour, reach out to me. And then I'll turn around and send you to Sean Jack. But maybe I'll get a cut if, you know, if you're a new sponsor. So, I don't know. Get $7 in my pocket or something. Who knows? So, we're going to see what exactly happens, how how they react. I, again, I think this is good in the long run. This is This was bound to happen at some point. We all knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. I kind of feel like that that other shoe is looking to drop with post-production as well. 
not that it's going away. I truly don't believe post-production will ever go away. But I think at some point, it's going to get pulled behind the curtain. And I know, I think we talked about this with Dust, as far as what I would like to see the Pro Tour do for a media plan would be live. And then within an hour or two, a, a condensed quick cut, smash cut, as we called it. And then post-production, like very high-quality Jomez-style, Gatekeeper, GK Pro-style post-production, come out on Mondays. Start Monday through, or maybe Sunday's your first day or something, but Monday through Tuesday or Wednesday. And maybe that goes behind the Disc Golf Network. Then literally you've got people watching your network throughout the entire week. That's what I would like to see if it's going to go that way. I'm, I'm fine with how it is now, but... If they end up taking that stuff away, that's that's the route I want to go. So, all right, we talked about media stuff. That's kind of the oh no 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 that's not it. What I'm I was gonna spoil it. Um, they also the Disc Golf Pro Tour also announced some new coverage. Actually, it's kind of funny. They are going to have a wraparound show, so to speak. They're going to have a thirty minute pre-game show, a halftime show, and a post-game show. And I know that it's been announced. I think uh, Grant Zellner is going to be on it a little bit. I I don't believe anybody has a permanent job, so it's it's going to be kind of be like the commentators where they maybe filter in a little bit here and there. I think you're going to kind of see some people changing uh seats a little bit just to It's a first year for this, so we're going to figure out who's comfortable doing this. But Liz Lopez, for those of you that don't know Liz Lopez, she is, she was an FPO golfer. She holds the, I think right now, the distinction of most Elite Series podiums without a win. (laughs) So it's unfortunate, but I believe I did read that somewhere. Liz is a good friend of mine and Terry's. She's been on the tour for years. She toured with Emac for a while. Um, way back, you know, the Felberg years and that stuff. Like Liz was kind of that, you know, second tier FPO player. She, again, tons of podiums couldn't ever quite close it. She never quite had the Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen um, skills. And then she ended up getting hurt. I think she, she like tore a rotator cuff or something like that. Had some, uh, back surgery it just kind of ended up falling quote unquote out of competition for a while stepped away from the sport i think she was working down with uh, i think she works with under armor now that might be still where she works last i heard but anyway she's moved out to portland with her husband and now at this point i think she's gonna be stepping in and doing some of the pro tour wraparound show so i'm really excited for that i want to see what i i, I saw a real brief clip of uh the the uh the setup that they have that we're gonna see and it, it it could look pretty cool depending on how it works out so that's kind of a new thing which is good i think it's something that the pro tour really needed and this is a perfect time because you don't want to have a show like this show up before your live product is a quality live product and i believe we're at a point where now where everyone can mostly agree that we have a quality live product we're covering three to four cards any given round maybe even five depending on what happens 
and bouncing around barely any quote unquote fairway walking as everyone used to complain about. But now we've got this great product. We need to put the uh, ice cream on top of the cake. Do people still do that? The sprinkles, the what else do put people put on top of things? Cherry on top of the uh, malt, not a shake. Got to go malt. Malts are better. I'll drink either one. Someone hands me one. But malts are the best. So we've got all the, we've got this extra stuff going before, in the middle, and after. I'll be curious how they do the in the middle because there are times that our guys do not have time to wrap around. It's less than a half hour turn time on some of these bigger events like Ledgestone where, you know, you might be at different courses, but one of the courses is a five hour plus course or something along those lines. So there might be some time that they actually are doing the halftime show while we're getting ready to do our regular show. Um, They might be even running concurrently at times. Most of the time we have a good amount of distance between us. So probably, you know, two hours. But there are times, you know, delays. We run into like a delay or you run into, as everyone loves in the control room, overtime, extra holes. That pushes everything back. So hopefully nobody has any any business. And I don't, I didn't read if that was going to be every single day or if that's just final day coverage. I, I don't know if anyone on the board can let me know if that was supposed to be for every day. Or just final round. Uh, Ray says it should be called the DGBT Reach Around Show. I, I don't think they're going to go with that. Um, we'll, we'll put it in. I think they already have a name picked out, but we'll put that in the hat. No ideas or bad ideas. You know, just you'd be like Chuck Kennedy and just throw a thousand things at the wall. And if one or two stick, that's great. That's kind of how I feel. Chuck's awesome. Chuck's one of the smartest guys in disc golf. A lot of crazy ideas sometimes. But sometimes those crazy ideas stick, like the rating system. So. What else do we have? Um, Do we want to talk? Do we want to talk Ganon? Do we want to talk Ganon yet? I mean, he left Prodigy. There was... It's funny, because I think over the last few weeks, you've heard me mention Ganon leaving... Um, there was a lot of smoke earlier in the uh, off season where Gannon just kind of a lot. There was a lot of talk that Gannon was going to be leaving prodigy. And then that talk went away and we all talked about Simon and prodigy released a teaser with their pro players and Gannon was in it. And honestly, at that point I thought, all right, cool. This is over. It's done with, he's going to finish out his final season Maybe they'll re-sign him during the season. Maybe something else will happen. But then he dropped the video yesterday announcing that he was parting ways with Prodigy. I'm going to say that I, I wasn't shocked because, again, I had heard rumors earlier that he was trying to get out of his contract and couldn't. But I thought all that had been smoothed over. So I was surprised, not necessarily shocked. Um, the rumor mill is that he's going Discmania. That more or less MVP handed Discmania a big old wad of cash for Simon and said, 
thank you, we'll take the uh, 30-year-old. And they took that million dollars and put it in a nice little box and are somehow going to allocate that to the 17-year-old. Hard to blame you. I mean, my assumption is that they bought out that last year of his contract. Which, honestly, if you're, if you're sitting there with a million dollars, you've got a kid who was on a two-year contract, I believe, who signed it. Yeah, I don't think he signed an extension last year. I think it was two years. This was his, fi- this was his second year. It probably wasn't that much when you have a million dollars in your hand. You know, 50000 100000 something like that. Whatever, whatever he was owed from uh, Prodigy was probably the amount that they handed over. And my guess is that Gannon is going to get the bag, so to speak. He's a little young to be getting... I, I've, I've seen a lot of numbers out thrown out there, and everybody's speculating, everybody's guessing. We'll never, probably never know, because it'll probably be NDA'd. But in my gut, I feel like Gannon is like a $200,000 a year player. Right? Kind of feels right. He's not a million dollar a year player like the big guys. Even though he's playing up there with them, there are so many other things that come with that million dollars. Obviously, as we've said, you need to push plastic. You need to push plastic hard. You need to be, have been around a while. Probably have at least a major under your belt. And you need to be... You need to have a huge personality. And I think Gannon is blossoming into that. He has a personality with last year with the other guys on the crew on his prodigy crew, Alden Harris, Gavin Babcock, Isaac Robinson. Are we going to see that same interaction with those guys now? I hope so. And that, as I've said, Alden is one of the very few, if not the only right now, disc golf pages that I subscribe to on YouTube. I, I love the content. But every sponsor is a little different. So if he goes to Discmania, which again, those are all the rumors that they are looking. And on top of that, so here's a couple other things. A couple of weeks ago, Drew Gibson made a tweet, surprise, surprise, mentioning all these things that, you know, he was quote unquote, you know, leaky. What did Simon call these people? Leaky leakers or something. And he had said Ganon to Discmania. And then literally like a couple hours later, ha ha ha, joking. Not everything you read on the internet is true. He either Simon, or I'm sorry, either Drew knew what was going on in the background, maybe like a lot of us, and just maybe assumed it was done, heard all the rumors, and posted that out there, thinking it was done and over with, and that Gannon was staying, just like we all did, or he knew ahead of time, spilled the beans, and then laughed it off. I don't know. My guess is the former. My guess is that he thought, like many of us, that that rumor had been put to rest. So there was that a couple weeks ago. On top of that, there was the thing from Eagle a few, like what, two months ago? 
or a month ago or something saying, you know, sit tight. We got a big thing coming. And that was all we heard from him. It all kind of points to disc mania, you know, and again, these are all just all just rumors. He, he could be going somewhere else. But. I mean, if I had 100 bucks right now. I'd put 90 on disc mania, that's for sure. So. And what does that mean for Prodigy? I mean, they've got this young... T- they had. They have. And they still have Alden. They still have Isaac. And Kevin Jones isn't over the hill by any means. They've got this talent that either... They seem to have a problem holding on to. I don't know why. Because Kevin seems pretty happy. Did they put all their eggs in the Kevin basket? Can they not? I mean, again, speculating. Can they not afford to match whatever Discmania was offering Ganon? I don't know. Like I said, you need to have a lot of things in order to hit that big million dollar mark. Now, I think Gannon could hit 200, like I said, 200,000 a year for four years, five years. It could be a value of a million dollars in his contract. He's not getting a million a year, I'll tell you that. Or if he does, good Lord, that's insane and probably a bad business move, but I would say more power to you, Gannon. Um, So what is Prodigy? What's 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 their issue? Honestly, we we don't know. Do people just is it the management there? People don't like working with them. I haven't heard much about that. I've heard a little bit about the the money, the offerings, the whispers that Cat was unhappy, so she left. Dickerson was unhappy; he left with the compensation they were getting. Kevin Jones seems pretty happy. Kale seems pretty happy. But who knows? Who knows why these, you know, is it just that did disc mania overpay? We're just, okay, let me say, we're assuming it's disc mania. Did the next company overpay for Ganon? And Prodigy has said he's not, we don't think he's worth that. Because as we know, he's, he could be a generational talent. He's, he's, he played phenomenally last year. It's a one year thing though. He's now, the pressure's on. He's got the big contract. He's got, like, you know, he's, he's going to have some cash behind him. That's for sure. Seems like a really good kid. But there's, a, there's pressure there. If, if it's Discmania, he's very lucky that Eagle is there still because Eagle is going to be the face of that company now. And... A few years ago, I, I would have said, that's great. Eagle can be the face of the company. But to be honest, in the last two years, Eagle's kind of stepped away from being the face of anything. He, he's much happier just playing with his ball and cup game that he plays with. And I, I don't know the name of it, but I, that's what I see him post on his socials quite a bit. But he doesn't really seem to be that rah-rah company guy. He kind of likes his privacy now. Competes, he plays, he wins, aka this weekend, Goat Hill. (laughs) 
So I think that Gannon's lucky that Eagle's there right now. But if I remember correctly, Eagle's on his last year of contract. Maybe he's got one, two more. I don't know. I thought this was his last year, though. And if so, we've got contract year for Eagle. So if Eagle decides to fly the nest like that, that's that's almost Terry worthy. What? What? You know, Gannon's the face of that company. And that's a lot of pressure for a kid, for an 18-year-old kid. So we're we're going to have to we're we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see what uh, what it comes. Again, I think it's Discmania. I'm guessing it's Discmania. If it's not Discmania, wow. Is what I'll say. That'll be great for whoever gets Gannon. As we as we know, he's a generational talent it seems like. I I don't think that he's going to fall apart. Is he going to be able to maintain the quality of play that he had last year? That's to be seen. To be seen. <laughs> Someone says, Gannon Burr plays slowly enough that we can see the disc he's using, which is great marketing. There you go. Maybe that, that could be worth a few extra shillings in his pocket. Just, you know, get there, drop the bag, pick up the bag, drop the bag, pick up the bag, show the disc. We'll get a different disc. You know, that's see, that's what these pros are missing. You've got you've got 30 seconds, but I bet you there's enough time in there to get a disc, maybe kind of flash it to the camera a little bit, change your mind in quotes, go get a new disc. Show that one to the camera. I'm actually kind of surprised that we don't see more. I don't I don't want to call it showboating. We're gonna get off the Gannon subject now. We'll talk about him, I'm sure, next week or the week after, whenever he announces. Um, I'll talk about him a little bit later when we talk about the all-star stuff coming up. But I've always thought, if you want to sell, if you're a pro who wants to sell their plastic, and I don't know how well this would go over with the general public, we see it once in a great while. Someone hits a big putt, runs up to the basket, pulls it out, walks by and maybe flashes the disc. I would be doing that all the time. And now granted, maybe people wouldn't like me. I don't know if it's showboating. I, don't, I mean, you're not really rubbing it in anyone else's face that you hit this putt. You're just pushing your product. But every time I hit a circle two putt, I'd take that disc out and I would make sure that the camera saw it. And I would make sure that that had a distinctive stamp on it. Whatever it was I was throwing, not anything like stamp wiped off. I want to, you know, if, I, if I'm a, you know, if I got the BL steadies with the bead, it might just say that. I might have a special stamp just to get BL steady with bead stamp and then maybe even the website so I can flash that to the camera and Tyler Brickley's home phone number. So. So I'm kind of surprised we don't see that more from pros kind of flashing their discs a little bit when, when they're so it's really that's really difficult to do on a drive, but. You could easily kind of pick up a disc when the camera's over on you. It's your turn to throw. Pick up the disc. Maybe kind of show it to the camera. Put it in your bag. I don't know. That's free advertising. I, I'm kind of shocked that more pros haven't done that. And again, maybe it's maybe it's uncouth. Maybe I would be known as a showboating dickhead. I don't know. I'm okay with that though. Um, KW says a lot of the post production media does the work for them. You're right. A lot of times we see CCDG and Jomez now, I think even put the, the, the drive or the whatever on the actual screen and the graphic 
But we're talking live here. I mean, we all know post-production still gets more views. Hands down. But it might be, it's, we also, I'm going to say all in quotes, we also all know that live is more exciting. You know, where, who are your more dedicated fans? The people who are really eager to watch live. I think those, again, I've always said it's like a 10 to 1 ratio. I would take one live viewer to 10, maybe even 100 post-production viewers. Because if I'm one, again, maybe some people watch post-production different than I do. Maybe some people watch post-production different than I do. But I tend to put it on in the background while I'm doing other things. So I'm not even usually watching graphics. Maybe I'm sure some people do. That's why they're there. People love it. Or I'm watching on my couch. You know, if I'm watching live. But usually if I'm watching on my couch, I've got another laptop there. If I saw something like that, pull up a web page maybe. I don't know. I think that uh, I think there's something to be said there. So... Uh, does post get more views because people watch multiple times? A little bit. I'm sure there's a little bit of that, but just in general, it gets more views. It's easier. It's condensed. I mean, it, it's uh, it's a different type of entertainment. You know, the 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 Germ Yuli interaction is way different than the Charlie Brian interaction. You know, it's filling. As anyone that listens to our podcast knows, filling three hours of time isn't always easy. <laughs> Unless you have Terry Miller. He makes it easy. So. But. It, it's not from multiple views. I, I think you've. There's maybe. 20% probably. If I had to take a rough guess. That's 100% a guess. My 20% is 100% guess. So I don't know what percentage that equals. But. That post-production. Those views are multiple watches. And it only takes 30 seconds of watching a video to get a view. So if, if, it, if it starts up, auto starts in the background, that's a view if it, if it lasts 30 seconds. So Let's move on and talk a little bit about the All-Star event this weekend. The All-Star event. We saw two different drafts. Well, somebody saw them. I didn't watch it. Um... Terry hosted the MPO draft, and I don't know if did he host the FPO draft as well? I don't think he did. I don't believe he did. But two different drafts. I'm going to pull up the uh the graphics here. You can find the graphics out on the Disc Golf Pro Tours page. Oh no, I just hit the wrong button. Now I need to scroll down again. Let's pull those up again. Scroll, scroll, scroll. There they are. And that's the button I want. So what we have... Team Ricky. And Team Paul. And Ricky's team consists of, obviously, Ricky. The aforementioned Gannon Burr. Matty Orem, James Conrad, Kevin Klein, Simon Lazat. Solid team. 
Team Paul is Kevin Jones, Chris Dickerson, Joel Freeman, Calvin Heimberg, Isaac Robinson, and of course, Paul McBeth. Looking at these two teams, I mean, it's going to be extremely difficult to pick a winner. Um, there's three different skill challenges. There's distance. There's what they're calling accuracy, which is kind of a almost like a, uh, I don't say trick shot, but different shots, Heiser, Anheuser, over the top, underneath, trying to get too close to a basket, you get points. Ultimately, it's worth one total point, though. And distance, accuracy, and putting. So each of those is worth one point. And you have two players, so I believe each one technically is worth two points each each station, because you have two people competing. I don't exactly remember who had who had what, but let's be honest, those are more than likely tiebreaker points because you're getting points for the doubles round and points for each individual singles round. So I think you're going to end up using those more as tiebreakers than anything else when, when these things come close, because I'm looking at these two teams and if I had to take a wild guess, and I'm sorry, team Ricky, but I think Paul's team is a little stronger when it comes to singles. Now doubles, and doubles. Sorry, singles and doubles. Um, on Paul's team, Kevin Jones, crazily enough, is the odd man out. He's the guy who had a bad season last year. He didn't perform on the course. Performed off the course. A lot of DJ mixing. I understand it was a lot of fun. But ultimately, I think Paul's team is overall stronger, heads up, than Team Ricky. Lazat is give or take, in singles. Klein, same thing. I mean, he's a, he's a top 10 talent, but Conrad's former world champion, but again, not known for, uh, you know, that harsh, competitive, uh, the, 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 the killer instinct, we'll say it, just doesn't seem to exist with Conrad. Great player. But I look at Paul's team, and every one of those guys looks like, to me, maybe not Vinny. They, they all have, for the most part, kind of a killer instinct. And maybe Vinny does. He just doesn't show it. Cool, common, collected. Um, Matty O, always a solid player. Possibly the third best player in the world right now. Fourth best. Gannon Burr, new plastic. Maybe. Maybe he'll still use his Prodigy stuff. Who knows? There's Until he announces a manufacturer, he can probably use whatever he wants. They might wait till after the All-Star to announce just so he can continue to use Prodigy stuff without any sort of weird awkwardness because it's stuff that he knows. And then maybe, I'm guessing, right after All-Star break or maybe, maybe even on Sunday... No, they would wait till after All-Star break. They would wait till Monday or Tuesday to announce who his next sponsor is. Um, but it's possible Burr's using some different plastic. And then Ricky, who is a stone-cold killer. You'll have to excuse me. I keep muting just to cough a little bit. Still have this thing going on. It's going around in my family. I have a pain. But that's fine. 
So I think in singles and doubles, I got to take Paul's team to probably take 70% of those points. So I think Team Ricky has to really do well um, in the skills competition in order to stand a chance. And I, I don't know, because I couldn't find the graphic anywhere. Pro Tour, come on. Where are you at? You, should, you have the teams. You should put a little letter underneath each one as to what they're, what they're competing with. I, the only thing I remember seeing is that Simon is doing distance, which is great. But Simon has kind of stepped away from distance stuff, you know, with the injury. So for Ricky to put Simon in distance, to me, not where I would have moved him. I would have probably had Gannon and probably Klein to do distance. Because I think you can get away with those two stacked up to almost anyone on Paul's team. Because while they all can throw far, you don't, other than Calvin, you don't think of any of those guys as uh, pro tour level elite crushers, so to speak. They, they're all out driving all of us. They can all throw 500 feet. That's goes without saying. But stacked up. Team Ricky, I think, is a little bit of an advantage in the distance. Yeah. I mean, we know that Vinny can crush line drives, which is how he won the distance last year. So other than Vinny, though, they all throw far, but not crazy far. So. Um, yeah. So Team Ricky is going to have to step up in the uh, in the skills challenge. Let's talk a little bit about the FPO teams now. <clears throat> that was Team Own versus Team Cat. Uh, Katrina's team is obviously herself. Evelina Salonen. Alexis Mondahano. Sarah Hokum. Hannah Blomrus. And Jen Allen. Versus Team Own, which is Scoggins. Maria Oliva, Missy Gannon, Holland Hanley, Ella Hansen, and Kat Merch. <laughs> I think heads up, you take Team Cat. Skills challenge, I go with Team Own all day long. I, I look at Team Cat and I, I see some pretty big throwers. But none of them are probably reaching Holland Hanley or Ella Hansen or even Cat Merch. I mean, Cat Merch throws far, but Hanley and Hansen should have that distance down flat. And when it comes to putting, who do you pick on Cat's team to putt? Alexis? Is she the best putter on that team? I'll take Cat. I mean, if, if you're looking at like, Cat can get hot. Circle two putts all day long. She's got that nice uh that that swing putt that she just that she can get deadly with from edge of circle and out. But she's a little shaky still inside the circle. And last year we saw Blomroos and Salonen just 
So we'll see what happens with them. Hopefully they got that stuff worked out in this offseason with that team they work with. Sarah Holcomb, not known as the best putter. She's very, Sarah Holcomb's a very tentative putter. You almost never see Sarah go past a basket. If she's coming up, if she's missing, she's coming up short. Uh, Alexis is a pretty decent putter. Jen Allen can get hot with her putter, but in general, I've seen Jen Allen. I mean, she'll turbo putt when she starts to get nervous. So I don't know who on teams on team cat you pick as your putter. Um, I think they could probably, they'll probably have the um, accuracy win. If I had to pick, because I think that you've got some really sneaky uh, veterans like cat and Hokum. If, and again, I don't know who's playing what position um, because it's not on, it's not listed here. And, I wish it was on their social medias. But ultimately, um, yeah, team own heads up. I'm sorry, team own for the skills, team cat heads up. Because I think when you get onto the course is when team cat is going to shine. Because Solonen, Blomroos, Allen, Cat Allen, are all phenomenal drivers and Jen Allen too. If you're looking at distance, I mean, she's not known for her accuracy, so to speak, her, her kind of middling distance, but we've seen that she can clearly play well in Arizona. Jen is a a dominant Arizona player and they're in Tucson right now. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's, I don't know up from down right now. So We'll figure out what's uh, what's going to happen this weekend on DGN. So if you're interested, tune into the Disc Golf Network. Um, I'll probably be tuned in. Maybe I'll. We'll see if I have time to do like uh, a watch party on Sunday. I don't know if I will. I don't know what's going on Sunday. I'll have to look at my calendar. But if I'm just sitting around watching, then. I might as well just sit around and watch and talk to you people, right? And laugh and make fun of people, mock them. We'll see. Dust says Klein over Lazat. Nah. Um, like I, I don't know. Are those the two? Yeah, I know Lazat's doing distance. Klein maybe too. We'll, we'll we'll see. I don't know. But again, I, I feel bad putting Simon at distance, knowing that he has specifically said that he's not going all out with his distance these days. That he he's like an eighty percent distance player, um. So to put him in that position is, I, I think it was a bad move by Ricky. I just think it was a bad move. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that you know Simon needs to now think about the team and whether that point is going to be worth risking whatever throw he has. We'll see. No, I just don't like that move. I think Rick made a lot of good moves. I don't like that one. Yeah, team own has crushers. I mean, in distance wise, I mean, you've got those two that are, that just Hanley and uh, Ella who are, I mean, they're hammers, <laughs> you know? Uh, no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's move on off of the All-Star. Again, watch it this weekend. We'll see what I do. Maybe I'll get some time to, to sit and and uh, jabber and talk. I know Terry will be doing live broadcasting. He'll be doing, he'll be in bend. Speaking of bend, Oregon, that's a great segue. 
The other thing that was announced this week that I've known for quite a while, uh, because that was all part of planning and who's doing commentary, the Dosses are expecting in July. I guess that was July. Either way, we're going to have a little a little DOS come into the world. So huge shout out and congratulations um, to Nate and Val. Just couldn't ask for two better people in the world and uh, going to be phenomenal parents. So congratulations to the DOSs on their expecting child. Can't wait to meet him or her. I think it's a her, but I don't know for sure. I didn't look. I saw the announcement, but I didn't read it because I already knew the announcement. So I was kind of like, oh, look at that cool picture of a mini in a basket and a mini basket or something. Yeah. So cool beans. Let's talk about an event that happened this weekend. The challenge at Goat Hill presented by Innova. This was also the first um, event kind of of the season where we saw a few of our players show up. Really? I mean, this is the best field so far, right? Eagle McMahon, Albert Tom, Eric Oakley, Luke Sampson, Zach Arlinghouse. I mean, these are all names that you'll see on the tour all season long. And again, this is one of my sleeper picks, Zach Arlinghouse. He's a steal at a thousand and seven. His first round was nine ninety eight, so a little under that. Then he jumped up to ten thirteen, about average, and then a ten forty six. I think this kid is set to jump at least fifteen rating points this year. So be on the lookout for a little Zach. But anyway, Eagle McMahon takes this one home, uh, ultimately winning by four strokes over. Jacob Cupcake Curtis, who I watched a just a I watched more of this post production than I've watched in a long time, and it was still only like five minutes of post production. Uh, and I watched it at two times speed. So, but what I did see was uh, that was round two. I didn't watch round three. Um, Jacob Curtis crushes that guy. Just hammers a disc. There is. No doubt that he is going to be a force on the tour. He's a 1,006 rated player, and he shot a 1052, a 1025, and a 1053. Now, again, horses for courses here. This is a crusher course. This is the course you go out to and you just expend your arm. So there's no surprise that he finished second. Um, Is he a 10... 40 player or 1038 rated player. I don't think so. Not overall, but on courses like this, this might be a great pick for Vegas. If you're looking for, again, a cheap pick, if he's playing Vegas, let's see what Jacob Curtis is playing coming up. If he's scheduled for all the pro tour events or not, Uh, he's doing Vegas and then OTB. Uh, He'll also be doing the Memorial Daniel bow. But as far as DGPT Vegas, he's, he'd be a good, good stealer for Vegas. As far as uh, points. But anyway, Jacob Curtis taking second place to Eagle McMahon. Uh, third place, Parker Welk. Fourth place, Cody Kirkland. Uh, Cody played really well last year as well and kind of had a little, I think, uh, a little hiccup towards the end. 
um, of the Goat Hill event. C- Cody is a disc golf legacy. If that's such a thing. You know, his, I think it's his father, John Kirkland. Sounds right. But Cody has uh, been big in the ultimate scene for a while, but his dad is obviously an old school disc golfer. Um, Albert Tom taking fifth place, tied with Bray, uh, Bra- I almost said Bradley, Brady Och. Och? Oh, Ope? That's no, not Ope. Och. Oak. I don't know. I can't pronounce his last name. But um, Albert Tom, a little bit of a surprise coming out and shooting just a little bit above his rating. So not bad, taking fifth place. No shock. Um, but Albert is a crusher as well. So I kind of would have expected a maybe one place better. But, I mean, that's only a stroke or two. How do you really complain about how Albert Tom finished here? You take top five against Eagle and, again, Jacob Curtis, Cupcake, who throws forever. Um, seventh place, Connor Rock. Eighth place, Eric Oakley. Ninth place, Luke Sampson. As I said, tenth place, Zach Arlinghouse. And then you move down, down, down to FPO here. Just last week, or no, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, we saw Maria Oliva get handed her game by Jennifer Allen in Arizona. Well, now they move over to California, and Maria Oliva shows up and wins. Two strokes. Um, averaging looks like about 970-ish golf. I mean, 965, somewhere around there. So Maria Oliva, who's a 946-rated player, shoots 14 under par, beating Jen Allen and Own Scoggins. Now, again, I know Own played well here last year, but this is not an Own course. This is, this is a long course. So Maria Oliva, who can throw far, Jen Allen, who can throw far, both beat Own by about 10 strokes. And Own Scoggins, who finished, you know, who's a 977-rated player and played 30 points below her rating on average. Not her, not not for Own. Not for Own, sorry. Uh, fourth place was Taylor Semeca. Taylor Semeca. Fifth place, Violet Maine. Violet Maine's a name I've been hearing a lot more lately. Uh, sixth place, Christy King and Danny Cleden. So congratulations to the FPO players at Goat Hill. Uh, Goat Hill looks like a a beautiful course that I don't think I'd ever want to play. Not in the configuration that they're playing it. Man, does that look long. Just throw after throw after throw. Man, I'm getting old. I don't want to throw that far. So I'm excited to play uh, Standing Rocks. Heavily wooded, more shot shaping, less throw as hard as you can. Two rounds on a Saturday, one round on a Sunday. How much fun. Um, I didn't get a chance, Jay, to see if Eagle had thrown any lefty shots. If he's if someone out there, um, that's great. I heard that the putting was for the bazooka. That's kind of his story, though, right? Get him inside the circle and he's got a problem. If he wants to compete on the pro tour, he needs to clean that up. Otherwise, he is a top tier silver tier player. Silver event player, whatever. Silver tier event series, whatever those things are called these days. Um, 
yeah, Albert needs to work on his putting game. So. I don't know what happened this weekend particularly, though. Again, I didn't watch. I just know the results. It's too early. Man, we're, we're early February, man. Mid-February. It's Valentine's Day. Still too early for golf for me. Just happy that we're getting golf back. If it was live, I'd have watched it. At least would have had it on. So. The only other event that really mattered this weekend was the GCDGC. Say that fast. Presented by the... Presents the 40th Victoria Open. Victoria Open is a very classic event. Uh, A hot tour qualifier powered by One Star and Mint. That's a mouthful, people. Let's work on our event names. We don't need we don't need a paragraph. But Mint player Mason Ford, new Mint player, takes this one by a single stroke over Raven Newsom and Keenan Ford. So congratulations, Mason and Keenan. Now I don't Mason and Keenan don't believe are related by any means. Um Keenan's from Wichita, Kansas. Mason is from uh, Cibolo, Texas. So Keenan's a 980 rated player. Ends up finishing tied for second, only losing to a st- by a stroke to Mason Ford. That is a solid finish for a 980 rated player. But Mason Ford, who's 1026, he ended up shooting a 1042, a 1023, and a 1023. So he averaged just a little bit above his rating, probably about 9, 1028. So he didn't have to do anything. Out of the ordinary to win this one. Um, he was the, the the best player here, and he won no shock. Uh, again, second and third, Raven and Keenan. Fourth place, Chandler Kramer, another Mint-sponsored player. No, I take that back. Chandler Kramer is a Lone Star-sponsored player. Texas, man, they got all these sponsors now. Uh, fifth place, Charlie Moore. Sixth place, Freddie Meza, Sam DiCarlo. Eighth place, Connor O'Reilly, ninth place, Thunder Schultz from the Schultz family. Congratulations. And tied for 10th was Seth Talbo and GT and Gok. Uh, moving down to FPO, Stephanie Vincent tied with Aria Castorita, but gets the win. Um, they tied at seven over par. Both of which shot uh, right around their rating. 935-ish, it looks like. So again, they... They were the top two players by quite a few ratings points, and they ended up tying coming into. Now, to, let's put it like this. Stephanie Vincent is PDG number 29947. That's right. Not 290,000. We're not there yet. 29,947. Aria Castorita is 105,126, which is still now feels, 100,000 feels like an old player, but Aria was just rookie of the year last year. What a phenomenal player. Um, she'll be fun to watch her uh, her game develop over the next few years. So, And not calling anyone out, but just because I think it's kind of interesting. Sixth place in FPO was Melody Castorita, who's an 889 rated player. So another Castorita, you know, starting to maybe make her debut. So congratulations to... Stephanie Vincent for winning this one, taking home $376.
what else? Do we have anything else that I need to talk about on the board? I know we're a little bit behind as far as the chat goes. So by the time this answers, it'll be like another 20 seconds. But those are the events. That's kind of the news. I know the PDGA announced a um, a job opening. Uh, a few oh that was a whole week ago never mind so the, the oh the newest thing the pdga says the the 2024 pdga champions cup invitation criteria announced now then this is 2024 not 2023 2024 um they're handling it a lot like usdgc and that it's many of these events get invites Wrong button there. Hit the lights instead of the uh, mute. Um, so Vegas is going to get two invites. Waco is going to get two invites. Open in Austin, two invites, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It looks like every Elite Series um, and European Tour, ET, I almost said Elite Tour, European Tour gets two spots. Um, USADGC gets a single spot. USDGC gets a single spot. Again, we're talking 2024, so next year already. Um, these, and then a couple other random events, Canadian Nationals, the Australian Disc Golf Championships, Japan National Championships, uh, those are going to probably get one or two spots as well. It says your European Championship, so that we can get more people. That should virtually fill the field. So if you've already qualified, obviously it'll just move down to the next player, just like USDGC does. Um, plus... F- Top five plus ties in both MPO and FPO from the, from this year's Champion Cup as well. So that's going to be 10 plus spots right there and there alone. Thank goodness for mute buttons. That's what I have to say. Is there anything that we've missed on the board uh where in the world is terry miller i believe he is in phoenix technically right now uh he might be in california but i know he has a 6 a.m flight to tucson and he's gonna get tucson for the disc golf convention which then obviously rolls into the all-star this weekend um, Tucson, which is in the news right now because they had some sort of, again, we got two of them in this country right now, some sort of chemical spill in Tucson, which there's a, a stay indoors for this like mile or two around this radius on the south side of Tucson. So south of Tucson, the course that they're playing is on the very north side of Tucson. So complete opposite side of Tucson. So hopefully whatever is spilling into the environment right now, um, is contained, and we don't have to worry about it for the Pro Tour. I don't think we will, but, I mean, you never know. I don't know. Um, not to be confused with the uh, East Palatine, Ohio chemical spill from a train. The one in Tucson was from a truck that I just read about an hour ago. I don't know what's going on, people. It's the apocalypse. So, just uh, be safe. Jay Terry says there was black ice on a bridge. Yeah, I saw Paul McBeth say that it was snowing in Vegas. 
What do you do? We've seen it before. Some of these early rounds out in the desert, a little bit of precipitation, a little bit of snow, usually is cleared up by midday for the men. I don't know if we're going to see any of that this year or not, or what the, when we've got, what the weather's going to be like this weekend in Vegas. I suppose I could look. I mean, I've got the internet at my fingertips. Let's do a quick search for Vegas. What is the weather going to be like? Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, We're looking at, low 50s for most of the event. And then on Sunday, it kind of jumps up to mid 60s. So the, the weekend should be okay. But man, those are going to be some chilly rounds in Vegas. Now let's look at Tucson where the all-star event is. U-S-C-O-N. Tucson, Arizona. Tucson's a little warmer. You're looking at 56. Oh yeah, 64, 75. Ah, they're going to be fine this weekend. A little bit, Maybe a little bit of rain on Sunday. A little bit of rain on Sunday. And who knows what Vegas will be like in what two weeks when they play it could be 90 i don't know or it could be 50 it's a desert i don't understand weather i'm not a weatherman i'm barely a disc golf guy i'm not even the disc golf guy scott stokely made a post Yesterday, day before, about how many uh, that he's like almost basically his 30th anniversary of MPO wins. He won this weekend over in uh, Thailand. He did not win Koh Samui. Um, I believe he won the other event that Terry was at. On the other side of the island. And it's almost 30. He said almost 30 years to the day from his first MPO win. So still behind... Johnny Sias, though. From first win to current win, I believe Scott Stokely is at like 14,000 days, 14,100. Sias was at 15,000 plus. So it's going to be tough. That means you're looking at like another three to four years. Stokely has to make an MPO win in like three to four years. Now, that's not saying he couldn't do it. He could pick up a B-tier win somewhere if he really wanted that title. So, we'll we'll see. All right, guys. It is 10 o'clock. I've been chattering for an hour. We're going to do a little after show. I feel like we've missed out on the after show. Not that there's much difference. So, come up with something that you want to talk about. Anything. Someone's talking about cholesterol in the board. I hope I don't have uh, any sort of cholesterol. I had two eggs this morning for breakfast and a smoothie. I've been making smoothies lately. If you've got a good smoothie recipe, send it my way. Because right now I'm just doing bananas and frozen berries and Greek yogurt, ice cubes, and maybe a little bit of fruit juice. Not fruit juice, but like a 
orange juice or maybe like my wife bought this like dragon juice i think it's called i don't know it's got like a different acai berries and crap in it and it just adds a little flavor to it but anyway if you got a good smoothie recipe send it my way because i'm always interested but this has been episode 442 as smooth as that was ah. um terry should be back next week um three weeks he's been gone three full weeks we're going to get into the after show for a little bit, but uh, I'm going to go fill up my water, probably cough again once or twice, um, and then we'll be back. So sit tight. Until next time, when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Acast and Befeller. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skrætter alle de der podcasts og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmarked.